never get over the abuse. I'll always be that. I know you can never forgive me. Hey, it's great to see everybody today. We want to uh, just welcome you again to Summit. We're excited. Uh, this morning we're kicking off a brand new series here at Summit. So if this is your first time, man, you picked a great day. Uh, kicking off a brand new series called Landmines today. Uh, but before we get started, let's pray really fast. All right, let's pray. Father, I thank you, uh, God, for what you've already said. God, I thank you for what you are already doing. And, and God, when I think about the, um, the song we just uh, heard sung God, what an awesome thing to say that we've been redeemed. And God, I know that there are a lot of people here today who wish they could say that, but they know that they can't. God, I pray that today you would help them to see that they can say that, that Jesus has made everything possible for them to be changed today. God, I know that there are people here, maybe, maybe their, their confidence in you is just really shaky. Maybe they used to have a strong relationship with you. They've wandered away. God, we could just continue on and on, God, there's so many different stories represented in each seat here this morning. And God, you know every story. And so Jesus, I pray that right now you would, you would just move in our hearts, you would speak to us, and God, you would do more things in these moments than we could ever dream would occur in a few minutes. And God, we'll give you all credit, and we'll give you all praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, you know, I... I uh, uh, question for you, it's summertime, and uh, in my family, we've already done this this summer, maybe your family's taking part in this as well. Uh, anybody like roller coasters? Anybody? Roller coasters? My roller coaster people are in the house, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Uh, there you go. Uh, a lot of people like roller coasters, and maybe your family, maybe you went somewhere, you loaded up in the van, uh, you loaded up on a plane, you have done the theme park thing this summer, you went somewhere, and you rode roller coasters, and, uh, and man, I love... Roller coasters. I love roller coasters. I remember, uh, now I, I was afraid of roller coasters for a long time. Uh, just, I was scared absolutely to death of roller coasters. And so I, like, I didn't ride my first roller coaster, you could call it, until I was in high school. I know, I know, I know, it's crazy. But my first roller coaster I ever rode was the Vortex at Kings Island. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Look at there, look at there. It's like revival just hit this church right there, right and so I remember, man, I was at Kings Island with a bunch of my buddies. And, and when you're with friends and you're freaking out, you're supposed to fake it like you're not freaking out. You do, you know what? I mean, you're at church, right? You can be honest, right? And so here we are, we're in line, and all my friends are talking, and, and I'm talking with them, and, I'm, and we're all like, it's going to be awesome. 
I can't wait for this, man. It's going to be nothing. It's going to be no big thing. And I am looking at the people in the line, getting on the ride, going down the drop, hitting that loop, thinking, I am about to die. I am losing my ever-loving mind. I mean, on the outside, this is going to be pretty cool, ain't it? But on the inside, I am freaking out. Trying to think of every way imaginable to get out of the line. I mean, can something just happen to where this experience doesn't have to go down? And so, get on it a few minutes later. Loved it. Loved it. Looked at my friends and said, let's do it again. And, just, and we did it again. We did it tons of other times. And, and, so, and, then, and then wanted to do something bigger. So we hit every roller coaster. I mean, I just, I just loved it from that moment on. And, and, my, and my wife, years later, uh, got married my wife. Uh, my wife loves roller coasters, loves roller coasters. And so a couple years ago, uh, we went to uh, uh, Cedar Point. You ever, you ever been or heard of Cedar Point? If you love roller coasters, man, you got to go before either you die or Jesus comes back to Cedar Point. I don't know when either of those things are. You might need to do that today. Um, but so we went to Cedar Point, just insane roller coasters. We went in and we rode this roller coaster called Millennium Force. Just the name is intense. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and on the first drop of the ride, you hit 92 miles an hour. And I floated out of my seat. And I, it was awesome. I thought I was just going to shoot out and it was going to be amazing. And we got off that ride and I said, that was, that was awesome. Nothing can top that. And then right next to it was this other ride. And it was called the Top Thrill Dragster. And, and at the time, at the time, it was the largest and the fastest roller coaster in the world. In fact, I've got some video of it just so we can ride it together this morning. Go ahead and you can bring the lights down. You can try to click that on here. This, what happens here, this is over 420 feet high. That's tall. And in two seconds, well, in, that's wrong. In four seconds, it goes from zero to 120 miles an hour. In four seconds. And so you just pull up here and you really don't know what's going on. And they make you wait. And you're like, oh, I'm about to ride this roller coaster. And you, you know, it kind of starts to set in. You start to freak out. And they're going to make the countdown clock go here. Your seats are going to move with this, by the way. We set this up. I'm kidding. See, watch this. So here you go. And you just shoot up this hill. 420 feet down right there. Just straight down. Just straight down. That's the whole ride. That's it. Less than a minute, and you wait in line for like what seems hours. And listen, listen, it is worth every penny, all right? You can bring the lights back up there. But, but we got off that ride, and it was just amazing. Just, just the feeling of going from zero to 120 in four seconds. Just the feeling that you got from that. Just the rush that you got. Was, was just unreal. And, and just the, the highs of it, to be up that high and then to go down that low and d- just that fast. It was just unreal. The experience of it was unreal. The rush, the feeling, the sensation, it was unreal. I mean, and you know if you've been on a ride like that, you know if you go and ride something else, you always compare it to that thing. You know what I'm saying? And everything doesn't look as good. It looks kind of lame. It doesn't give you what everybody else says that it's going to give you because you're just comparing it to that. You ride something else. You think, man, I remember when we rode this, and it was, it was way better. The experience there was, was way better than that. We just, we just love that, don't we? Some of you do. Some of you just threw up in your seat from watching the video. Um, we just love that, that feeling, that sensation. See, so looks on some of your faces, you're like, why in the world are we talking about roller coasters? 
Here's why we're talking about roller coasters. Here's why we're talking about roller coasters. Because that right there, what we just saw, it's a perfect picture of, how, of, of a lot of Christians who come to church every week. It's a perfect picture of so many Christians' relationship with God. So many Christians who come to church every single week, who, who sing the songs, who lift their hands, their relationship with God looks like a roller coaster. So, so there's, there's ups and there's downs. There's, there's highs, and the highs are really high, and the lows are really low. And it's just like this. It's, it's never constant. It, it's not steady. There's no real rock-solid confidence in the faith. It's just this kind of up and down. Do you know what I'm saying? Maybe you've experienced this, right? right? So maybe, maybe just an example. You, you walk out of church one day. You walk out of church one day and it was just an amazing experience and you're excited and you walk out of church and I love Jesus, Jesus is awesome and you're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. You know what I'm saying? You're just so fired up. Jesus is awesome. He loves me. He's going to use my life and then 20 minutes later, I'm going to hell. I'm such a loser. I can't get my act together. Oh my gosh. Right? Right? My, my favorite is when Christians put this kind of stuff on Facebook, right? Listen, regardless of what anybody says, you should always put your personal life on Facebook. It's entertaining for the rest of us. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. Um, I love when people do this on Facebook, right? You get on Facebook and people say, oh, my life is so good. Jesus is so awesome. I'm so blessed. Five hours later, my life is falling apart. Will you pray for me? I don't think we're going to make it. Oh, it's over, right? Ups and downs, highs and lows. Can you relate to this? Can you relate to or 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 the person, the person who maybe comes to church real quick and they get a real real quick high off of Jesus. They're really passionate. They're really excited. And then a couple of weeks or months later, all of a sudden, you never see them anymore. I mean, they were they were going really high. They were going really strong. But then all of a sudden, when the emotional buzz went away, so did they. So many Christians, that's how their relationship with God looks. Just like a roller coaster, up and down. And listen, it's not even a Christian issue. You might be here and you're not a Christian. And this is where you're at. Because if somebody walks up to you, I walk up to you and ask you if you're a Christian, ask you about where you're at spiritually. I, I talk to people like this all the time. They've got a lot of confidence that when they die, they're going to go to heaven. They've got a lot of confidence that, that they've got a relationship with Jesus. Oh yeah, man, I'm saved. Man, I know, I know the Lord. I'm a good person. Man, I, I, I know I'm saved. I know I'm a Christian. I, I went to, I've been to church a couple times. I've never hurt anybody. I keep the Ten Commandments, and really the only one you've kept is the one that says don't murder anybody. You know what I'm saying, right? You've got that one, and you're barely making it. You know what I mean, right? But, but it's this false confidence. It's this confidence that you think that you have, but really you shouldn't have any confidence at all. And see, so for Christians, and maybe you're here in this room today, so for Christians whose relationship with God today, you'd define it maybe, if you're honest, just like the roller coaster of faith. Or maybe you're here and you're not a Christian, but in just a moment of honesty, you would admit, you know what, I think I've got some confidence before God, but I probably really shouldn't have any confidence. If you're in either of those categories, maybe you struggle with either of those categories, then you are right where we will call a landmine. You're right at the place for what we're, what we're going to talk about in, in the next couple of weeks called a landmine. 
Do you know what a landmine is? Uh, a, a landmine is an explosive device, and, and, and what you do with it, you, you take it and you hide it underneath the surface, you know, just underneath the ground a little bit so that nobody knows it's there. You can't see it. And, and just from putting some pressure on it, it explodes. And, and typically, the thing that puts the pressure on the landmine, as soon as the pressure hits the landmine and the landmine explodes, it destroys whatever stepped on it. It destroys whatever applied the pressure. It takes out whatever applies the pressure. That's how landmines work. And see, whether we want to realize it or not, you and I, we have landmines in our lives. You and I, we have landmines in our lives. Things that are underneath the surface. Maybe you see them, maybe you don't see them, but all you've got to do is apply a little pressure to it. All you've got to do is, is make a little decision to go in that direction. And all of a sudden, something you didn't even know that was there, but it's been underneath the surface the whole time, it blows up and it takes you out. It blows up and it destroys your faith. And, so, next, and so, so, so today and every week for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about different landmines that are potentially underneath the surface in our lives. And so may, maybe you're hearing this, though. Maybe you're hearing this, and you're hearing this, and you're thinking, you know what? I don't have anything like that in my life. I don't have any landmines in my life. I don't have anything underneath the surface of my life that could potentially take me out. And really what I want to say to you, what I want to say to all of us, really the theme verse that I want to kind of hang over this entire series is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. I think it's going to be up on the screen here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it says this, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Let, let anybody who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Here's what God is saying in that verse. If you think you would never blow it, you are closer to blowing it than you could ever dream. If you, if you look at somebody and they've made some bad decisions and it's wrecked their lives and you look at them and you roll, their eye, you roll your eyes and you say to yourself, I'll never do that, you need to know you're closer to doing it than you think that you are. You can think about, there's a story in the Bible and Jesus all of a sudden tells the disciples, hey guys, I'm going to be killed in a couple of days. I'm going to be crucified in a couple of days. And when that happens, all of y'all are going to deny me. Y'all are going to act like you ain't ever met me. You're going to act like you don't even know my name. Everybody is leaving. And if you know the Bible, Peter steps up and says, not me. All these other jokers might, but I am never doing that. I am never leaving you. And what does Jesus say? You're going to do it tonight. You don't even realize it, Peter. But all it's going to take, a little pressure on there, it's going to blow up. So every week we're going to look at a different Landmine. And today the landmine that we're going to talk about is the landmine of legalism. Now, legalism, that might, be, that might be a new word for you. So let me give you a definition of what legalism is. All right, so if you're taking notes, you should write this down. You should remember this. Here's what legalism is. Legalism is when you try to gain acceptance from God by obedience to God. It's, it's when you try to gain acceptance from God, you try to get God to like you more, you try to get God on your good side, you try to make him less ticked at you than he already is by things that you do. So let me give you some examples of it. Um, we, we just finished up a series called 40 Days in the Word here at Summit. I don't know if you have been here for that or if you know that, but we just finished up a massive series called 40 Days in the Word. And a part of that series, we, we challenged everybody to try to get into the habit of reading the Bible every day. 
And so maybe you're here and you were a part of that series and you heard that challenge. You're in a life group like we've been talking about this morning. Your life group was talking about reading the Bible every day. And so you said to yourself, I am going to do it. I'm going to read the Bible every day because I love Jesus. You know what I'm saying, right? I'm just going to read the Bible every day. And then you miss a day and you feel bad, right? God's ticked off. Oh, gosh, I didn't read the Bible today. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. And so you say this to yourself. Tomorrow, I'm going to read the Bible longer than I was going to today. Have you ever done this? I'm going to read the Bible longer tomorrow than I was going. God, tomorrow I'm going to read the Bible for three hours. That's a reasonable goal. No, it's not. God, for tomorrow, three hours, God. I'm going to give you three hours of reading the Bible. Why? Because I feel bad. I don't want to feel bad. I'm going to work that off, and you probably feel bad. Let's work this out together, right? Or, or here's my favorite one. Here's my favorite one as a preacher. Um, you know, I, I, this doesn't happen a lot, but it happens occasionally. I walk into Walmart. Somebody will see me that comes to Summit, and they'll just walk right up to me, and they'll say this. Oh, Mark, I haven't been to Summit in weeks, and just seeing you, it makes me feel so bad. Which, pause, you should always tell your preacher seeing him makes you feel bad. It does wonders for his self-esteem. does great things for me, all right? But Mark, just seeing you makes me feel so bad. I'm so sorry I haven't been there the past few weeks. I am never going to miss church again. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. I'm never going to, I feel so bad. I am never going to, Mark, I'm so sorry. And the whole time I'm just standing there thinking, I just came to get some toilet paper. That's all I, that's all I came to do, bro. That's fine. I just need some toilet paper, right? See, those are some funny examples, but I bet if we're to be honest, I bet there are a lot of Christians in the room right now, and this past week, you were more aware of the areas where you blew it and where you're falling short than you were aware of God's love for you. I bet, I bet if we were to be honest, there are Christians here in the room, you were more aware this week of commitments that you made and you're not keeping, areas where you're falling short, than you were aware of how God's forgiven you through His Son, Jesus. I mean, I just talked to so many Christians who, who walk around and they've got this low-grade, nagging sense of guilt. I'm just not measuring up, man. Or, or, or this, this constant thought that God is disappointed because you can't pull it off, right? And see, when that's where you're at, you're about to step on the landmine of legalism. Oh, I'm going to do something to make me feel right. I'm going to do something to get God to like me more. In fact, let me do this. Let me give you some ways that you can know legalism is a landmine in your life, all right? Let me give you just four really fast ways you can know that legalism is a landmine in your life. Here's one. You can know that legalism is a landmine in your life if your relationship with Jesus is all about rules. You can know you, that legalism is a landmine in your life if your relationship with Jesus is all about rules. So, so you're a Christian, and Christians don't watch R-rated movies unless they're about Jesus. Did you know that? That's in the Bible. Hallelujah, praise God. Christians don't listen to music unless that music says Jesus every other word, right? Christians don't do this, and they 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 do these things. There are certain things that they do, and that's your entire relationship with Jesus. It's a list of do's, and it's a list of don'ts. Now listen to me. If you're a Christian, you need to get this. We're going to come back to this at the end. Don't hear me saying that if you're a Christian, it doesn't matter how you live. That's not what I'm saying at all, all right? Because listen, if you're a Christian, once the Holy Spirit of God moves in on the scene in your life, He's going to lead you to stop doing some things. 
He's going to lead you to stop going to some places or to stop looking at certain things. And he's going to lead you to start doing other things. But if your relationship with Jesus is all about rules that you're keeping and that's it, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Here's one. Legalism is a landmine in your life if your emotions drive your faith. If your emotions drive your faith. You feel saved one day, the next day you don't feel saved. Right? You, you, you feel saved, you feel like you've got a really close relationship with God one minute, and then the next minute you don't feel that way. And then what you begin to do is you begin to look for that feeling. So many people come to church today don't, not looking for Jesus, just looking for a feeling. Right? Here's one. Legalism is a landmine in your life if you constantly feel that God is disappointed with you. If you constantly feel that God is disappointed with you, that he just looks at you and says to all the angels and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in heaven, and he looks at you and he says, I know they're my child, but who let them in? What a loser. And the angels are making fun of you, and Jesus just rolls his eyes at you. You just walk around feeling like God is constantly upset. That's a dangerous place to live. Here's one, last one, last one. Legalism is a landmine in your life if your real hope is in what you do. Is if your real hope is in what you do. Well, I went to church, so I'm saved. I cried at church one time, I'm saved. I raised my hand one time when the preacher told me to, I'm saved. I went up front at this one church and talked to the preacher and shook his hand, I'm saved. Right? And your real hope is in what you do, not in what's been done for you. Listen, if that's where you're at, you're in a dangerous place. And I want to say to you today that God doesn't want you to live there. God doesn't want you and your relationship with Him to be this roller coaster that goes up and down. God wants you to have rock-solid, steady confidence that no matter what comes, you are His, and He is for you, and He is working all things together for your good. That's what God wants for you. If you're here today and you've got false confidence, God wants you to exchange your false confidence for real confidence. And so the question is, how does that happen? How does that happen? And so, what I want to do today, I want us to take our Bibles, and really fast, I want us to look at Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, is where we're going to be today. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be up there on the screen behind me. It already is up there. Romans 5, 1. And what I want us to see today, I just want us to see one word. Just a word. I know a lot of times we, I usually try to give you a phrase, a couple of statements, that sort of thing. Today is a word. One word. Word. And listen, a lot of people say this is the most important word in the entire Bible. Just one word. What's that word? Here it is. That word, here's the word. You might want to write this down. The one word that I want you to get today is the word justification. Justification. Everybody say that out loud with me on three. One, two, three. You guys sound good this morning. All right. Some people say that's the most important word in the Bible, and I'm telling you, if you get this this morning, it will take you to a place you've probably never been. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Watch what Paul says here. He says this, Therefore, since we've been justified, there's our word. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, by, fa by faith, yeah, I said that, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, you know what? We just finished 40 days in the Word, but here's a tip. Every single time you see the word therefore, you should ask, what's it there for? Right? 
Because listen, there's a reason it's there. Because when every single time the word therefore is in the Bible, God wants you to look at what came before it so that what he's saying now makes sense. So if we're going to understand Romans 5.1, we need to understand what comes before Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And to really understand that, turn back maybe a page in your Bible to Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. See the word sin? The word sin literally means to miss the mark. It, it means that you've missed something that you were intended to have. Well, what is it that we've missed? What, what is it that we're intended to have? Listen to what he says in the rest of the verse. He says that we've fallen short, we've missed the glory of God. Listen to me, listen to me on this. You were made for God. You were made for God. See, the word glory, what it means, it means the awesome, overwhelming presence of God. And you were made to live in the awesome, overwhelming presence of God. You were made to know God, but sin causes us to miss that. Sin causes us to miss the mark. Because listen, you were made for God. You were not made for money. You were not made for early retirement. You were not made for a nicer house, a better car, a hotter spouse. Don't look at them. You were not made to be most popular. You were not made to be more athletic. You were made for God. But what sin does is sin causes us to settle for smaller things. So instead of going for what we were made for, which is God, sin causes us to settle for a life that's all about money. Sin causes us to settle for a life that's all about the next big house, or that's all about popularity, or that's all about fill in the blank. Sin causes us to miss the mark, to fall short of what we were made for. And here's what you need to know. Sin is a bigger deal than you think it is. It's a bigger deal than you think that it is because it separated us from God and caused us to miss what we were meant to have, which is to live and to be into His presence. And so what God does is God puts skin on and comes here in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. And He lives a perfect life for you. And He dies on the cross for you. And three days later, He comes back from the dead for you. And watch this, watch this. This has happened for every single person in the room if you've given your life to Jesus Christ. The moment that you go to God and you go to God and you say, God, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life. Save me. Make me new. The moment that you do that, God looks back at you and says, you are no longer guilty. You are no longer guilty for any of your sin, for anything you've done. Instead, what Jesus has done for you is now credited to you. You are no longer guilty. You are completely guilty innocent. In the moment that you give your life to Jesus, God looks back at you and says, I declare you innocent because Jesus took your place. That's what it means to be justified, that God looks at you and says, you're not guilty anymore. You have peace with God. And so, so all your sin, you're not guilty over it anymore. Every thought you've ever thought that was blasphemous or went against God, every that you've ever done, everything that you ever will do, everything that's ever been done to you, everything. You are not guilty because Jesus took your guilt 
on himself. And now God looks at you and right now he says, you are mine. I am yours. I will never leave you. You are innocent. And listen to me, listen to me. Nothing can change that. Nothing can change that. Your feelings can't change that. And the devil can't change that. Absolutely nobody can change the verdict that God has laid over your life. See, so some of you are looking at me and you're thinking this right now. Well, Mark, I don't feel saved. I don't feel like what you're saying is true about me. You need to know, listen to me, your feelings can't change what Jesus did for you. Do you know that? Did you know that? Your feelings can't change what Jesus did for you. Your feelings can't change the fact that over the tomb right now is a sign that says vacant. He's alive for you, and you have been declared innocent. The devil can't talk you out of this. This is where you live now. Look at this. This is so good. He says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, he says, Since you've been justified by faith, God's declared you innocent. We have peace with God. You have peace with God right now. Right now, as you said in this room, Christian, you have absolute peace with God. He's not upset with you. He doesn't look down upon you. You're forgiven. You have absolute peace with God. And then he goes on and he says that we have access to God by faith. Because God's declared you innocent. Every single time you go to God, you have his attention. Every single time you go to God, you have his ear. He listens to you and he's keyed in on you because he's declared you righteous. And watch what he says this. Watch what he says next. He says, we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. You need to know today that what I'm talking about, if you're saved, if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, this is where you stand. Did you know that? The look on your face says no. The look on your face says that you have a hard time with this one. Maybe it's because you don't feel like this is true. Maybe it's because the devil is telling you that it's not true. And here's your options. Here's your options right now. These are your options. You can choose the one side that says, you know what, I don't feel safe, so I'm going to make myself feel safe. I'm going to go out and I want to do all kinds of stuff. Or you can believe what God is saying. Those are your options. And see, I think that what you ought to do, because this is true about you today in Romans chapter 5, verse 2, he says, because this is true, because God's declared us innocent, we've got absolute peace with him. We rejoice. We rejoice. We rejoice that we don't have to live on the roller coaster of faith. Instead, we can look at God regardless of where we're at, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of how we feel, and know that God has paid for us the debt has been paid, and anything from our past can't bring itself up again. Anything from our present can't bring itself up again. Because when Jesus on the cross said, it is finished, he said that for you. And that is true today. That is true today for you. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's what I want you to do. And here's the invitation today. A couple of different things. If you're here and you're saved, I don't care how you feel today. Your feelings are not your authority. God is your authority. Do you agree with that? I would have said amen louder. Let's, do it. Let's pretend that moment never happened. Let's pretend that moment. Let's do it again. Your feelings are not your authority. God is your authority. Do you believe that? Well, then thank God 
for what He's done in your life. If, you were here, if you've heard this and you've said, man, that's true about me. I, I've had a rough week. I haven't had it all together this week. I've got a lot on my heart right now, but God is telling me right out of this verse that I've got peace with Him, that He's made me right with Him, that He's declared me not guilty. God, thank You for that because I feel guilty. God, thank You for that, that I, because I feel condemned, even though, I'm, even though I'm not. You should rejoice right there where you sit. If you're here, you're a child of God. God's done this in your life today. Right there where you sit in just a moment, I want you to thank God for it. Thank God for it, that what we're talking about today never changes. But I also want to say this to you. I also want to say this to you. I'm about to say some hard stuff. Do we have some guys in the band that can come out and make this sound real spiritual? Play, some, play something on the guitar, pick something. Oh, it's going to be awesome. Some of you, and listen, there was about to be a whole sermon in this series on, but I'm going to stick it in right now. Because God's declared you innocent, that does not mean that you get a license to live however you want to live. Because one of the biggest landmines that you can have in your life are secrets. Things that are in your life that are taking the energy and the life out of your relationship with God and nobody knows it but you and God. And you're trying to justify it. You're trying to make excuses for it. And you know that right now God, by His Holy Spirit, has been putting His finger on it saying, let's deal with this today. Let's turn away from this today. Hey, let's get this out of our life today. Listen, because God's looked at you and He said, you're not guilty. It's been paid. You've been set free. You've got freedom to go to God right now and to ask for forgiveness. You've got freedom to go to God right now and confess what He already knows is there and to ask Him to get it out of your life. And listen, some of you, when you do that, you're probably going to need to take steps in your life to make sure that it goes. Maybe you need to break up with that girl. You need to break up with that guy. You need to stop that relationship with that person that you work with that's going across the line to a place it should never go. You need to stop looking at those images on the internet. You need to stop filling the blank. Whatever God is putting His finger on, if you're here, you're a Christian, and right now it just feels like, man, you're getting cornered. Like, like God is trying to pin you in. I want you to know He's not doing that because He's angry. He's not doing that because He's got something against you. He's doing that because He loves you. He's trying to set you free from that. And so right now, if you know God is bringing something to your mind that He's saying, let's move on, then my challenge to you today is move on. Move on from it. Let's take that step and don't let that thing hold you back and become a landmine in your life that destroys you and takes you out. You deal with it today. Some of you are here and the landmine that's in your life is you have confidence before God that you really shouldn't have. Because you're convinced that you're saved, that you've got a relationship with Jesus all because of things that you've done. All because of things that you are pulling off. So you're here and you're looking at your life. Man, I'm a good person. Man, I went to church. I've done this. There's a story in the Bible that Jesus tells that one day people are going to stand in front of Him. And people are going to look Jesus in the eye and they're going to say, Jesus, I was a preacher. 
Jesus, I led tons of people to have faith in you. Jesus, I did all kinds of awesome stuff for you. Jesus, I exercised demons, people are even going to say. And Jesus is going to look back at him and say, I never knew you. You were doing a lot, but you never had a real relationship with me. Let me ask you a real simple question. Do you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ where you sat this morning? I'm not asking you about something that you did years ago. I'm asking you about where you sat on this day and this year in this moment. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? To where if you died today and you stood in front of God and God said to you, Hey, why should I let you into heaven? You know that your answer then would be your only answer that you've got right now. Because you'd look God back in the eye and you'd say, God, the only reason you should let me into heaven is because Jesus is my only hope. He is all I've got. Listen, that's the only right answer. If you intend to get into that moment with any other answer, today is the day when you drop whatever it is you're holding on to and you exchange it for real hope whose name is Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been coming here for the past couple of weeks and all of a sudden there's this big interest in your life about spiritual things and a couple of weeks or months ago you didn't have any interest in spiritual things. I want to say to you, that's God at work in your life. God is starting to draw you to Himself. And what I would say to you, if that's you today, then I would urge you to go all the way and right now in this moment, give your life to Jesus Christ. All you've got to do right there where you sit is ask Jesus to forgive you for your sin, come into your life, and He promises to make you new. He promises to come in. He promises to begin a new work in your life. And if you know you need to do that, then do it today. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I pray right now that, Jesus, you would move and that you would do a great work in this time, Jesus, that you would help us take whatever step you're wanting us to take, that no landmine would hold us back. And, Jesus, that we would thank you for the confidence that we can have before God because of what you've done for us. If you're here today and if you're a Christian, you know you're a Christian, you know you've got a relationship with Jesus. I'm not about to ask you to raise your hand at all, but I'm about to ask you, would you just right there where you sit, just simply go to God and say, God, thank you for what you've done in my life. God, thank you that I can have the kind of confidence. Thank you for what Jesus has done for me. Thank Him right now. You might not feel like it. You might say, man, I don't, I don't know if I'm there. Listen, if you're a Christian, you're there. Because Jesus has brought you there. Right there where you're at, just say thank you to God. But I want to know, are you here today and you're a Christian, but God's convicted you of some kind of sin in your life and today you've got to deal with it? I wonder if there's anybody here today and you would say, Mark, God is really dealing with me about an issue in my life and I want to deal with it today. I want to, I, I, I want to deal with it. I want to do whatever He wants me to do to make this right because God is really working on me about an area in my life. Mark, I need you to pray for me. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right now? God is laying an area on your, on your, just on your heart. Hands are going up all over. God is dealing with me about something, and I want to do it. I want to do whatever to make it right today. Now, some of you are here, and right here is the biggest moment of your life. It's led to this moment because God has led you right here so that right now you can give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. If you're here and you want to begin a relationship with Jesus, I just invite you right now to pray this prayer with me. Right there where you sit, you say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me. I want you to make me new. 
I want to live for you. Thank you for what you've done for me. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, then I'm going to count to three. And as soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand. As soon as I say three, you raise your hand, okay? One, two, raise your hand. As soon as I say it, three, raise your hand. If you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ today, you're here and you want to know that when you die, when you stand before God, you can have the kind of confidence that only Jesus can give. Is that you today? You just raise your hand. Raise your hand in that moment. God, I believe right now you are moving in this room. God, I believe that right now you're speaking into people's lives that Jesus is their confidence, not anything else. God, don't let us walk away from, don't let us talk ourselves out of, don't let the devil talk us out of what we've talked about today. God, that you have looked at us and in Christ we are not guilty. Father, we love you in your name. Amen. Church, let's thank God for what Jesus has done for us and the confidence that we can have in Him. Amen. Amen. Hey, right now, right now the lights are going to come up and, and we're going to receive our offering. And uh, so our ushers are going to go ahead and, and get into place. And as they do that, here's a couple things you can do. You can go ahead and make preparations to give. Any decision you've made, we want to know about it on your connection card. If you want to volunteer, hey, listen, we need a lot of volunteers to pull this off. You just check that box in the back. If you want to sign up for a life group, right now is when you just check the box on the back for the life group you want to be a part of. Write your name, and when we, these uh, offering baskets come around, you just drop that in there. But we are so thankful for the gift that you are giving today. And this is a time of worship for us. So our guys, go ahead and begin to pass the offering baskets around. And you give today as God is leading you to give. You take the step of faith that God is leading you to take today. And you give however God is leading you. Because what you give today impacts lives in more of a way than you could ever realize. And really we'll only see the fruit of it when we're there in heaven. And Jesus shows us how what you gave today, He used and He took to impact lives for all of eternity. And so we thank you so much for what you're giving right now in this moment. And let me just say a couple of things to you before you go. I know that right now you're making preparations to leave. You're getting all your luggage back together. You're getting ready to pack up and to leave. But let me just ask you, sit still for a moment. I just want to say one thing to you. Uh, VBS, our Vacation Bible School, first one ever, starts tomorrow night. 6.30 at the National Guard Armory. And there's a couple of things about, the, uh, about VBS that we want you to know. If you're a volunteer for VBS or if you want to volunteer for VBS, we got a, a VBS table there in the lobby. If you've not been there, go there today. If you want to pre-register your kids, go to that table in the lobby today. Uh, we're also going to drive a bus around to pick up some kids in Walkertown, Cherokee Hills, and we want to pass out some flyers about that today. Today at 3 o'clock, if you would want to help pass out flyers, uh, would you just uh, come and let me know, let one of our guest services workers there in the lobby know, but we're going to be at Walkertown at 3 o'clock today. If you can't let anybody know, you can just show up to pass out flyers, get the word out that we're going to pick up kids. It's going to be a great time this week, and we want you to pray about it, all right? Next week, we're going to continue with the Landmine series. You come, you bring somebody with you. It's going to be a great time. And don't forget, first-time guests, take your connection card to the table there to your right. We've got a free gift for every first-time guest today. Let's stand up. Our band is going to dismiss us today. We are so excited that you came. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Let's sing it before we leave, all right?
Oh! 